0: We have with us again, uh, Anne Lord Jackson, who is the expert in all things sensory stuff. And I've, I've evolved from sensory stuff to sensory needs, sensory issues. So I'm already learning. Hi, Anne. How are you doing?
1: I'm well, thank you. Good to see you.
0: Every day's a learning day, isn't it?
1: <laughs> As it ought to be.
0: As it should be. Yes, we always learn new things. It's brilliant. Um, mm. Last week we touched upon uh, issues around. Somebody who'd had a brain trauma from um, brain cancer earlier on, who's an adult uh, now and was having issues with, um, how do I do better remembering things because he's got a specific brain trauma? But the other part, which I just wanted to reflect on, was he said people really don't get his struggle. So they'll say, oh, yes, I forget things sometimes too which, whilst it may be inherently true, is actually then undermining his genuine I have a brain trauma, not just I'm a bit forgetful. Um, so it's encouraging that he was so encouraged by you. But yeah, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? When, when we, we we can see the disabled badge on a car and someone gets out in a wheelchair, fine, they're disabled. But we don't understand perhaps when someone gets out of a car in a wheelchair, bay, but there's no wheelchair and they're walking. Because we don't understand that even someone who's got, extra needs they're not always going to be you know perfectly linear they're going to have good days and bad days so have you got a kind of a more general response how do we educate people with our own specific needs without being overly offensive or unnecessarily defensive how can we go into a situation better when we've got additional needs specifically obviously for you with, with the sensory issues
1: yeah, it is. It is one of the biggest things. I, I think if we can check our own heart um, and acknowledge that folk are coming from a place of of not understanding, so that so that first they will be able to hear anything that we do have to say, anything that we do have to communicate, um, they'll at least. Um, not be put off by our very essence of our very being, because if we are absolutely defensive or we are frustrated or we're just, we've just had enough, we're just fed up that folks don't understand and just, they just don't get it. It's like, we need grace. We need compassion. We need a, a real dose of goodness, of godness just in us to, to infiltrate that through. So in, in the first instance, how we are and how we respond to things um is absolutely how god would want us to do hmm. so but then we do need to educate we, we do need we do need to talk and it's a combination of regular things that are out there we might have little books there might be if it's children's stories to help other children understand there, there are books that other children might be able to read the parent can pass to parent um it's nice if you can create a little story about your own family um, if you want other families to understand and, and that's a way that they will understand it. So you can write a little book about it, uh, write a little leaflet about yourself. I think having those also little lanyards, um, you know, the, the, the sunflower little lanyards that folks have as a way of communicating. If you're going through an airport, the special assistance, um, anything that we can find that will signpost people when it's not obvious from the outside as a way of at least raising awareness in community that this that we are different something something is different
0: uh, so we're talking about how we can um help others understand our our situation because you were talking about at the airport you can have like a, a lanyard mm. that can then alert people but i really like the idea of a book because that's a great way of engaging especially children to help them understand because our normal isn't necessarily everybody else's normal is it so actually helping ourselves as a family to to realize well this is what we go through every day but people don't know that Mm. so um, yeah i love the book have you seen some of those
1: um i've advised folk to do that And That'd folks, really I know they've written their own little, their own little things. It's part of um, the sensory super system that there are communication tools that that we've developed. Um, I haven't seen a published one, but I've, I've seen ones that families have, have literally just, just put together. They've got pictures um, of themselves, of their family, how they work. They've written a little description and it's really lovely. It's really lovely. And it helps. It. Be, yes, yeah. It's something you can read to others and then the children can understand as well as other adults. Um, but it,
0: we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just a phrase I use fairly frequently. We don't know what we haven't yet been told. Um, And what's normal to us isn't necessarily normal for everybody else. So being able to do something creative, you know, I'm not talking Hollywood levels of quality. It's just a story that's personalized that can Mm -hmm. show others this is what we're going through that might also then help others to understand that um i'm thinking about other things we could do along those lines so things like uh in school whether you could, you can get and talk about that but they might have already understood that but in a church context we've got people with sensory needs so here's here's a story that might help you understand how we can engage with other people which is which is part of life isn't it
1: mm. and i think social media has is is really helped explode this so people are able to now express their personal stories um out on social media. So I think that's a really lovely outlet because there's nothing worse than 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 living with it and holding it in and just not knowing and feeling that nobody understands. We know that God does and that's amazing. And there might be some close friends um and family that that do and sometimes that's enough. But there's other times that actually you do want to broadcast to to everybody and say yeah. We just just raise the awareness. Let's be more compassionate. If I'm struggling with something, other people are going to be struggling with something else. Um, but say, so as the social media is great for that, blogs are great. Uh, it's just having that outlet for 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 folks to express it, but it, to express it well. Um, yeah.
0: Well, I'm hoping that um, that the, the chat with the brain tumor will come back and let me know how he's gone on with some of your suggestions or what from you said he's been able to use in his his situation in his life that could maybe help others because again if if people see us they may not know anything um and if someone's got some sensory issues it may not be a visible thing we can see a broken leg right but we can't necessarily see a you know something in the brain where they're, they're struggling with something because it's not it's not advertised is it
1: yeah and, that, and that's in in the sensory healthy church program uh supportcom forward slash church there's even like lanyards, there's badges. Just even within that context, is a way of communicating to other people and having a logo up on the church to be able to say, look, we we we're here to express to others. Especially if you go on holiday and you want to go, you want to go somewhere and you want to you want to fellowship. Um, But you don't know where to go. And so we are creating a register, a directory so that churches can be put on there or even if there's any other environment that that wants to be put on there. But just so that they are sensory healthy um, and that they will acknowledge, they will ask questions, they will want to respect and they will have accommodations and different things available to help
0: yeah oh, that's really good um the other thing that we touched on last week it was it was encouraging to see people were oh yeah this is this is really helpful this is really great um but the other one was about um things like socks and and, and cereal on on the socks um we were having a conversation as a family about there were five senses when we were at school what happened yeah. there's more than five senses and uh, so that was quite an interesting conversation so that eighth group um of senses that can affect so many things like, do we need to go to the toilet? And we, we learn these instinctively as children. But of course, as we become adults, it changes. So is that the sort of thing where we don't know that we're full? Is that sort of connected into that? Because what we, we're we forgetting what the senses were?
1: Yeah, yeah. We're just either, the, either we're so distracted... Um, Because so many people are actually on their phones or screens or whatever when when, when they're eating and therefore we're not recognizing, we're we're not perceiving because the brain is paying attention to other things. Um, Sometimes we've got too much stress in the system and, and that totally just... Anybody who's been to an interview, you know what it's like that you kind of you hear a question, but it's kind of like it's gone, it's just disappeared. It's just like, oh, sorry, can you repeat that, please? Because the, the stress affects auditory memory. The stress affects so many different things, and and it, and it will affect our internal perception of of what is going on inside. Um, yeah, toileting-wise, being able to describe emotions. Even people can feel things inside them, but they can't necessarily pinpoint if they are anxious, if they are hungry. Um, are they concerned about something? Are they? Are they? Yeah. Just just finding the right words to connect to a sensation, to a feeling uh, inside.
0: A few of my friends have talked about, um, especially dementia, which I just it picks upon something you said where they say well they don't seem to know that they're they're full or they don't seem to want to eat savory foods because that that's to do with the brain right so it's the, the, there's something going on where signals are getting mixed so is is that the similar thing where where they they just don't know that they're full so they just eat and eat and eat
1: mm yeah Big time. And, and that's what I love about sensory processing issues that it goes across all ages and all stages. It is the underpinning of so many, so many ways of being. And especially when it does come to dementia, so right at the far end of life, is as other areas of function decrease um, and naturally the, the brain and the body ages, what we revert back to, what goes last, is normally the senses. Um, there is some misunderstandings and mis- misinterpretations in the earlier stages of dementia. And then right as we as we progress through, it's how we can connect. We can use sensory input in, in a really beautiful way to connect with people um, using the touch system well, if they've had good touch experiences in, in their life. Um, we can use smell to, to, to bring back memories of, of things that they have loved doing in the past. Uh, maybe connections to their husbands, you know, who may have passed on their their, their aftershave and, and can bring back um, lovely memories. Uh, the same way we can use the auditory system for music, sounds, bird song, all of those things just to really connect with people. So it is sensory input is lovely at all ages and all stages.
0: So um, do you have advice then for people who are struggling with um Not necessarily full on dementia, I had a friend who they had the symptoms of dementia, but it wasn 't it was more of a, a cancer in the brain that then replicated many of the symptoms of dementia but but you're you 're saying that some of these sensory things that you do actually that would help people with dementia and the families around them as well
1: mm mm-hmm. because because it affects so many areas there is that more than anything we want connection with people and and that can be the first thing um to go so it's it's trying to find as as many physical things to connect with people uh, enabling them to continue to do as many things practically physically that they can um, for themselves and and just just tuning into the senses uh, and and and, yeah discerning assessing and finding out which ones are are starting to go and and get in there and try and support them as, as best possible
0: so how could we? How could we then, if we're family members going to see someone who is starting to struggle or is very much along that journey of struggle, how can we use um, a greater understanding of sensory issues to, I suppose, engage better to mm. reduce some of the frustrations because the is lost? How how can we use sensory understanding to help with that?
1: Mm. I would go through all of uh, all of the senses. And, and assess each of them, and find out again. Trying to trying to find the strengths more than anything. We always we always start from a place of strength to shore up uh, areas where they're not so strong. Uh, some some people like to work on the work on weaknesses for want of a better word, and um, that has its place. Um, but often we always, I personally, start from their strengths and then reach out to areas that might not be so strong. So yeah, start, start with the strengths. Look at the things that they can do um, from visually, again, auditory, smell, their movement systems. Um, are they quite good at getting themselves up and out of a chair? Can they move around? Does actually movement or dancing or going for a walk, does that make them more alert? Does that make them more engaged? Does it make them easier to communicate with? Are they better after having had um, a little bit of a, even if it's a, a seat dance, um, if they're not actually physically able to get up so much anymore, still having that movement, still stimulating the vestibular system can raise sensory engagement and integration and their arousal levels and their, their motivation, their level of alertness, um, so that we can then start communicating or, or helping them to function or, or do something um, positive positive following that so,
0: so things like smells could be a really simple way of engaging with an individual who is struggling with early or later stages of, of dementia but actually just a smell that they still can connect to could then help you to connect to them
1: absolutely absolutely yeah and, wow. and it's slowly and systematically working through slowing everything down that we make judgments about and taking the time to look carefully at each of the senses and taking the time to think about how could we input into each of those senses in a way that we can get that connection.
0: That's really interesting because one of the things that you were suggesting for the person that was struggling from a brain trauma was about making things bigger, like um, a font size bigger, so that your brain is then able to move at a slower pace. Do you think there's some issues around sensory um development that is to do with the speed at which we work through social media through computers Mm -hmm. um through smart speakers you know we don't have to think how to type anymore we just type and it kind of fixes a bit for us um do you think that our engagement through and we're speaking via video which is interesting irony in my question but do you think stuff like this is changing how we are able is it is there a detriment do you think to social media in terms of our sensory things (laughs)
1: I think it's a fascinating question. It'd be really interesting to see over time what kind of, what things come to the fore and and more research and the more we investigate who we are and and how we are. Um, I definitely think, I I know that it's affecting attention, um, that's for sure. And the way that our brain is able to to settle in our attention spans getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, I, I, I have no evidence to be able to prove anything from an actual specific sensory perspective. That There is plenty that we do know and that behaviours and functions that, that we do know because of that lack of integration, that lack of, of good development and, and connection um, from, from the womb uh, upwards. So... But that, that's as much as I can comment on that one, I think. And, uh... No, that's fine.
0: It just struck me as I was thinking about how we engage with things. I mean, yeah. Amazon, same day delivery. We we expect, we talk about the fast-paced world, that's fine. But literally, and if we, we buy an Amazon, we expect it the same day if we're near enough to a city. Mm-hmm. And and how much of that mentality towards life is affecting everything and then negatively affecting our sensory engagement with people and with life because we're expecting immediate not even satisfaction or gratification, just an immediate response. And then if we're speaking to somebody else, then we can expect that same response from someone who doesn't have that engagement like we do. Therefore, it's, a, it's going to create a more of a, 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 a tension. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I, I think that's... Um, when we... If, if you do have a typical brain, you are. we are all adjusting and we are all being stimulated to think Faster. We are in, in environments that are really noisy. Even now, the fact there's a big surge into nurseries, um, so children that may have been home say for the first five years, all of that is disappearing, or lots of that is disappearing as well. I think there are there are moves for you know folks moving into home education. That there's moves moves away, but I think society in general is becoming a lot more um, cluttered. Uh, I think "toxic" is a big, a bit of a strong word, but it's more. There's more clutter in the environment for the things that we that we hear, that we see, that we smell, that the biz and the, and, the, and the buzz and everything that is going on. I think our society is definitely um, flooding our senses more, and most of us are adjusting to it um, and being able to process things quicker. But if you do have an issue, if someone does have an issue, then I think it makes it worse for them and it does it doesn't help us to be more compassionate because we're expecting everybody else to be living at the same pace uh, that we are and, and and i think we've forgotten just quite how we really ought to be it's very good and very healthy for us for our brains to be slowing down um and therefore the, the retreats out to the country um really important and to hear things differently, not always to have the cars in the background, not always to have all of the sound and the sights and the smells of of our city lives and our, our village lives even sometimes.
0: So, which makes me think about something else then. So, we often kind of joke about, um, you know, we, we're chatting to our parents on a video chat and, and they can't understand how to press the right buttons. And there's a sort of an, an ongoing joke about that in films and whatever. But how do we help grandparents engage with grandchildren where they're, they're going to, their sensory um, abilities are totally very different? How do we help, you know, grandparents and grandchildren really engage well, or even just in the church context or a, a, in, a, in a business context where you've got different ages of people, restaurants, whatever, where two, three generations apart, they're going to have a very different understanding of sensory engagement. How can we help people engage with each other better, perhaps a couple of generations apart with their senses?
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's what the the, the power of it in that I think will come from using different senses um I think visually because of screens there is a massive difference in 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 processing and perception and the the speeds at which people want things visually to go um but the tactile system the touch system and the the body systems this proprioceptive system I think those are real areas of connection um, depending on the context that folks are in. But if you have, you know, grandparents and and grandchildren at home, it would be absolutely getting hands in with messy play, doing the gardening together, washing the car together, those practical, those physical movements that you are doing that you're having a shared experience as I say, you know, gardening, you've you've got your hands in, you're collecting things, you're moving, you're you're pushing wheelbarrows, which is all really good sensory development. And it's lovely when younger ones can help older ones that might not be so physically fit anymore. But it's a lot of that physical activity that's so important and powerful to our sensory systems to keep us happy and satisfied, regulated and coordinated and everyday activities. If we are purposefully and intentionally aware of the activities that we do can be really helpful. So I would, as far as generations are concerned, I would very much be going for how we can share um, touch experiences and physical movement experiences um, together. So the likes of the washing the car or the washing the windows its just, you know, the water um, that you are sharing um, and just just having that sensory input that both both will normally um, appreciate or understand what those things are.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I remember watching something about um, it was a retirement home for people and they had quite a lot of uh, adults with uh, dementia. And they had a, they were very unique because they had an approach whereby they would get the people who were residents, not just to be cared for but to care for the home that they were all sharing so they were getting into paint walls and they had a tuck shop and they they put it into sort of 1970s colors because that's when they would have thought about a tuck shop in a youth club and it was a great way because they're engaging and I'm I'm understanding it now more from what you're saying because they're engaging with with not just um senses and smells but colors and things that we're going to trigger memories rather than just say do you remember when yes. actually they were able to live for that moment and it made sense to them and there was what the manager was saying is they're much more relaxed because they're now part of it rather than us just caring to them now we're caring for each other and that's all part of the sensory thing isn't it
1: oh it is and and what the loveliest thing is when i when i've seen in some of the um some for older folk bringing in babies so they can get that touch They can just hold them. And goodness me, is that really settling? You've got that deep touch pressure going into their bodies, but there's that emotional connection. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's, again, so many many people, whether it be teenagers or older people, don't always have positive touch anymore. Um, I'm a big hugger. So, if anybody does see me, okay, it would be nice to know who you are before you come and give me a hug. But <laughs> it's in, essentially, I will always, always, always love a hug. It's, it's. I, I really appreciate my 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 touch system, um, and it, it's it's one of my love languages, I suppose. Just just a, a touch or a pat or a caress or a hug or a something. It's just lovely. But we don't get positive touch often. Um, And I think it's how can we as a society bring in more positive touch? So, yes, bringing babies into nursing homes, bringing children even just just to play and and, and see them or climb on your lap or snuggle in and read them a book. Those are are really powerful, underestimated. People don't realize the power of of those things. Um,
0: And simple things.
1: Yeah, they are simple things. I loved it when there was um, we saw it, and um, we, we we've had it here. People on the streets, uh, and it was like, you know, give give someone a hug. I don't know if you have them over there. I don't know who else does them um, around the place. But people literally going on this on the streets, but having a sign that you know I'm here if you if you want a hug. And I think that's lovely because people go down down sexual routes. They go down uh, all kinds of routes to try and meet those needs. Whereas if we can provide positive touch. Then people aren't won't seek that sensory input in a more inappropriate way.
0: This comes back to focusing on the strengths and the positives, isn't it? Mm. And working with those. Thank you so much, Anne. Again, um, people were so uh, bowled over last week. Just um, the comments I got were: so, "She's so compassionate. She's so knowledgeable. She's making this." that's kind of an interesting into a really fascinating topic even more so. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to more and more of these. Um, if people want to know more, then get in touch. Hello at pure247radio.org and send your questions and we'll, we'll pass them on to Anne to answer for you here on the radio. So Anne, thank you as ever. It's been a pleasure. It's always a learning thing for me. It's great. I'm really starting to see more of how sensory issues actually affects us all in so many different ways. I'm starting mm. to understand it. So I'm really grateful for that for myself, <laughs> let alone anything else. So, oh, thank wonderful.
1: you thank you so much the opportunity to share and to be to chat and to answer questions thank you
0: great um, give us your uh website that people can best make contact with you if they want to find out more
1: and cool and we'll
0: yeah. add that on to the, uh, the video as well when it goes out um which it will do thank you have a great rest of your day and uh, we'll see you again next week
1: yeah see you soon Bye bye.
0: bye for now Pure 24-7 Radio is listener supported, which means we are free, online and always pure because of the generous support of our listeners. If you would like to contribute financially, please visit pure247radio.org. If you'd like to find out how we use your money, please visit the Our Cost section. Any donation of any size will help keep us on air and broadcasting for free. Thank you.